Tom Panos and John McGrath, welcome to Million Dollar Agent. Easter's over. We're back on track. We've got a sprint right through to, I don't think, John, let me think. Is there more, when, when are the next times there's holidays? I mean, there's school holidays in the winter season, but we don't well, actually June, have. Right? Yeah, Correct. school holidays, but June, I think Queen's birthday weekend. I've got to say, Australia's probably pretty lucky when it comes to holidays. And not sure about in New Zealand, but I think we're pretty pretty good when it comes to that. And a lot of people don't realise in America that most people that are working only get, I think it's two weeks holiday a year, and we get four weeks. So uh, we're, we are the lucky country for many, many reasons, including a plethora of holidays. I've just realised, John, I've made an error. Anzac Day, it's happening in the next ah, few weeks. You're right. 20, yeah, that's- 20, 20, 20, 25th, the 25th um, of um, April, which falls on a Sunday, and I still haven't ever worked out when a public holiday falls on a Sunday, does Monday still be a business day? Is that, do you know, John, the answer to that? I keep getting I think it up. depends on the holiday. I think if it's kind of more of a religious-type holiday, probably not, but... You know, uh, I think generally speaking, they do then have the holiday, but I'm not sure this year, but uh, I'm sure some of our listeners will uh, text us in and and tell us how stupid we are for not knowing. All all I know is on that day, there's normally a Roosters St. George game on. It's always on that day, the uh, Anzac Day game. Is yes. that right? Is it Rooster St. George or Rooster South? No, it's Rooster St. George. Yeah, yeah, Rooster, Rooster Saints, I think. It, it is, uh, yeah, they call it it's one of the one of the great legendary clashes. Uh, so uh, we shall see. But, yeah, please let us know if, uh, if there's a holiday this year. <laughs> yes. Now, John, the one thing, you mentioned it last week. Mm-hmm. I've read the book briefly. I'd like you to give an explanation about the title, the book, the author, mm-hmm. and then what does it mean to our listeners on how to execute. So Gary Keller founded with with a couple of his his partners a business called Keller Williams not that long ago, maybe 20 years, but it wasn't 100 years. They now have, from memory last time I looked, about 115,000 agents. So they, I think technically they're the biggest real estate brokerage in the world. And Gary started, he was a good agent, I think self-confessed, not a particularly great agent, but a really good organised business manager. And he created a new system and it's called Keller Williams and it's a very, very good company. Probably more middle America. I wouldn't say they're the upscale. They, they, they don't do the coastal areas like New York and Los Angeles, but kind of middle belt of, of America. And, and one of the things he did when he started out is he thought, you know, a great way to build my reputation within the industry is to write a book about, and in fact, he's written several books now, but a book about being a great real estate. And I think he it was called something very similar to our podcast. It was like The Million Dollar Agent or something like that was his first book. And he basically wrote it so he could recruit people and it was, you know, how to be a great agent. And it's still today is very relevant, even though it's probably, you know, 20 years uh, out of uh, out of publish, but it's very relevant. The next book he wrote, which has really went well beyond real estate and became a legendary business book. And I hear people all the time refer to it in many different industries, was called The One Thing. So the concept of the one thing is for most people, if you think hard about it and if you were only restricted or limited to doing one thing extraordinarily well, that would take you and your business to the next level, but you had to make a decision. What is the one thing that's going to make the change? And that was so that was the title of the book. So then you've really got to think hard because normally we say, I've got a to-do list. There's 20 things I want to do in my business. There's 20 things I want to change about myself. 
and the, you know that's all okay as well. But I think I, I think you know sometimes if you just focus on one thing. So, and he had the premise that um, usually if you get that one thing right, all the other things disappear or they get better. And it's the thing he then went on to say, and he called it the domino effect, is you know once you got extraordinarily good at something. So I mean we spoke a few weeks ago about closing, for example. There are some people that are extraordinarily well organized. They're wonderful people with great integrity and they've got great pitch. They're great at pitching at a listing. But the one thing they fall down is they have trouble asking for the business and, and dealing with objections. So for that individual, their one thing may well be getting over the fear of failure and doing that. And, and just that might take you to a whole new level. And in business, you know, it could be recruiting. Maybe someone's great at managing their current team but they have this blockage about recruiting and they are fearful of the rejection again and they just don't get there. Whereas if you actually broke through that and rather than becoming a fearful, inconsistent recruiter, you became a black belt mastery uh, at recruiting, that could change your entire trajectory. So he's actually turned it, Tom, into a podcast. He doesn't do it every week, but he does appear on it from time to time. But one of his co-authors, or I think he's co-author of that book, does a podcast so you know our listeners could maybe go on and search it on uh, itunes or wherever they get their podcast served from so yeah you know, the, the real thing was you know what what is the number one thing that'll make the biggest difference in you turning your life into an extraordinary life and then he said focus 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 get everything else off the page out of your life focus 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 on that now a few years ago when mike dowling i was coaching him he was doing a million dollars i mentioned a couple of weeks ago and he's now doing four to five he and i decided at that point the one thing for him was team he was already a very good prospector very good lister i call it nine out of ten in both of those things but what he had to do was <clears throat> and he was doing 1.2 million so very very nice thank you very much no doubt one of the best agents in the country at that point and that was three to four hundred percent ago but we decided that what we really needed to do was scale his business up and he can only be in you know one lounge room at a time and he can only do one open at a time so we actually the one thing for us then was we focused on team and we said who's right on your team who's not what are the roles you need what are the sort of talents you need to recruit in and mike since then has assembled i think the best team that i know of Alex Jordan would be close, but Mike's probably assembled the best team in the country that I can think of in terms of the people that are the right fit for the roles. They're highly focused. They're they're highly skilled. And that's now got him to four to five million. So yeah, his one thing was leveraging, scaling up through building a better team and retaining them, by the way. So part of that conversation was we can't just build the team and have them all go and leave in a year. So what do we have to do? What environment culture do we have to create? What incentive scheme do we have to create? And who are the sort of people we need to look for so they not only come on board and help you scale up, but they want to stay for the next, you know, three, five, hopefully 10 years. So that, that's just an example of, you know, what the one thing looked like in that. And as I said, the next thing, you know, so then it goes to the domino effect and there, there's a great, um, and I don't remember exactly, but I think it's something like, you know, little domino, little tiny two or three inch domino. If you lined it up and then you put next to it one that's 50% bigger and then one that's 50% bigger and you tip the first one, 27 later, it will be bigger than the Eiffel Tower. So it really talked about momentum. It talked about incremental improvement day in, day out. And the one thing, though, was the first domino. And once you got that going, everything else seemed to just kind of fall into place. So, yeah, that, that's the summary of the book. And I think in real life, I've seen it work particularly well. As I said, Mike Dowling's a great living example so, of it. So, John, um, 
To me, I can, as you're describing it, I can actually identify the one thing in my life that has been a major contributor, and um, it's exactly the domino effect. And if it's okay, John, I just want to share no, with listeners. Please. It was, believe it or not, it was making a shift from waking up at 8.30 um, and going to bed at 11 o'clock at night and going and changing it and going to bed at, say, 9 and waking up at 5, the 5 a.m. club. And I'll tell you why. When, you, when I started waking up at 5, I actually had time to do exercise. So it appears that the one thing that you do ends up affecting other areas of your life. That's what I think what you're talking about, the leverage, it amplifies other areas. So what would happen is you would exercise. And of course, you'd exercise, you'd have more energy in the morning to do, you know, stuff that you normally put off. And because you had exercise and you woken up early, you feel guilty eating a hamburger and chips at lunch because you felt like you were sabotaging it. And because you ate better, you actually then felt better for the rest of the day. And then when it came time to sleeping, you'd actually fall asleep earlier and have a better sleep because you'd got up earlier and you'd exercised and you'd actually felt a lot better about the day. So that one thing, John, ended up having this, it's like a keystone habit. It has this profound impact in other areas of your life. That's been my one. But I actually know, as you're talking, there are plenty of people. I've had agents that say to me, Tom, like David Ding in New Zealand, his one thing is he saturates his market every week with a special drop that he does, but he does it every week to the 3,000 farm areas, right? That's their one thing. For another person, their one thing is that they shoot a bunch of digital videos uh, once a week, which is basically their digital door door knock to their marketplace. What you're sort of saying is there's a million things you can do, but have a look at what's the one thing that's going to yield a high return of investment um, in time and energy and is low-hanging fruit. And um, I think it's a good thing for people to think about in life and business. And I think yeah, it's a good thing to read the book. I think I think I think I'm going to go subscribe to the podcast because you know yeah. I, I don't know if you're like me, John. I go through phases. I I sort of fall in love with James Altucher, then I stop yeah. listening to him, and then I listen to something, and then I think, hang on a second, I like this guy. Why did I stop listening to him? And I think that's the same with Gary Keller. I'm going to go back in and start, you know, uh, uh, consuming his content. Yeah, no, I think it's and and the the way you describe Tom your five a.m. club and just get you know shifting the the sort of the time that you're getting up and going to sleep is a great example of that domino effect. You know, you you feel better, you do your exercise, you then don't want to have the junk food, you then you know got time to do your hour of prospecting before the calls start, and then and that's his whole point is you don't have to worry about oh they're the seventeen things I've got to do. If you get the one right, the other things are probably going to fall in place almost magically. So, you yeah, know, that's a great example. So, yeah, I think get, get, go and, uh, you know, if people can listen to podcasts, read the book, just even if you Google, because I often just read the summary of these books and you can sometimes six minutes later you can pick out the concept. So even if you just put the one thing book summary, you'll find, you know, five to ten minute summary that will give you a lot of good insights. And then if you want to go deeper, get the book and listen to the podcast. John, was it right? I don't, uh, you, you told me the other day off, off air 
Alex Jordan did a million for the month of March. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did a million in the month, and Matty Steinway had done a million a couple of months beforehand. So it's just incredible. Thinking about you know, once upon a time, I remember everyone was racing to see who'd be the first agent in Australia and New Zealand to do a million in a year, and then all of a sudden we've got some of these legendary guys like Matt and Alex doing it in a month. It's just really extraordinary, and there and there are others. Obviously, we know that. People like uh, Alex Phillips and uh, and Mike Pally have have sort of had those sort of numbers from time to time. So it's really exciting. It just shows, you know, really the sky's the limit in this industry right now by using technology and a team structure. Results that have never been available before are now forthcoming. So get with the plan. I want to tell you a quick one before we go because this this made a difference. And I told it at the uh, Adelaide conference a few weeks ago and. People loved it. it was, and I think I got it, Tom, off uh, YouTube or off, off something. But anyway, the guy was telling the story about um, driving out of your driveway and he said, you turn left and you go, damn, I, you know, I've just hit a pothole. And there's this big, you know, one metre by one metre pothole. And then you say, damn, I hope the car's okay. And you check the wheel line, it's okay. You drive home, next day you, you come out of the garage, you turn left, you go in the pothole again. You go, damn, this is getting crazy. This is hopeless. Third day you do it again. And he said, you know, who would do that? And everyone said, no, of course you wouldn't. You'd, you'd turn right, you'd get the pothole fixed, you'd go around it. And he said, well, how many potholes are in your life right now? How many things are you doing today that you did yesterday and the day before that are holding you back? And it could be a lack of structure. It could be a fear about something. It could be complacency. It could be a lack of checklists and systems. But he said, so many people have got these potholes in their life and they just keep driving into them every day and he just said stop work out what are the things holding you back and make it a, a, a an adjustment about you know exactly what are you going to do because otherwise you're going to fall in the pothole for the rest of your life so uh, i just thought it was a good metaphor and, and uh, everyone when i've said at the conference i could see them in their mind thinking god what are yeah. my potholes yeah and everyone started nodding saying you're right you know some people recognize that they're short-tempered or they're they're, they're lacking in discipline somewhere or they sleep in, as you've just said, or whatever, and yet they continue to oh, fall into oh, that John, hole I, every day. As you're explaining it, I can actually even see how someone falls into that path because if you'd been driving down that road years ago and there was no potholes, that behaviour served a purpose then. But what actually happens often is no longer serves a, a, a purpose, right? Um, yeah. And I think it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a very quick awakening and awareness tool to turn around and ask yourself, you know, is this helping me or harming me, right? If you're seeing it over and over again and you're going over, you know, some some pothole, it's funny that you say that because I'd cracked my I cracked my screen on my on my iPhone and I and, and, and I hated I hated looking at it. And and eventually, you know, a guy at my local cafe said, doesn't it annoy you? Like for 30 bucks, just get a fix and it's out of the way, right? I thought, actually, I'm gonna go <laughs> Makes sense. I'm going to go do it. I, I look at it and give me the shits. And I thought, why do I have to put up with it? You know? So homework think- for everyone is try and figure out what are your potholes and then, you know, work out a better way to get to work and a better way to, to get through life rather than falling into your potholes each day. So we'll leave everyone with that. Okay. Now, John, I want to get our listeners to rate and review our podcast on whether it's the iTunes store or wherever you're consuming your podcast. I want to get people giving us some feedback and reviewing it, giving us a rating. And what I'm going to do is in the next one week, I'm going to give away because Matt's told me he's writing another book, John, Matty Steinway. So what I've got, 
Yeah. So the book, the book's called The Corporate Athlete, and I think that that is a perfect book for uh, Matt to like because he loves business life and he loves fitness life, right, mm-hmm. and how they interact. So I've got um, a number of copies of his first book, The 31 Minute, which is a great book. And yeah. what I want to do is I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give away two copies um, to people that review and rate ours there. If there's five people there, I'll just pick a couple based on uh, I'm not doing an ethical bribe. The better the review, the higher the <laughs> chance you'll get a book. <laughs> so, 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 gang, go in, rate our podcast because we're not far away from hitting uh, 300 uh, MDAs, which. Uh, which is great. I, I, I love, John, I, I love having Instagram and Facebook messages and text messages from people saying, hey, you know, I listened from episode one to episode 100 in the last two weeks. It's surprising how some people consume. They don't listen to it weekly. They just go listen to a heap in one go. So yeah. uh, we want you to review our podcast. We want to get it out there. I hear the algorithm works when people are engaged in the podcast. So, Johnny, thanks again. We will talk to our listeners next week. John, have a great week. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Bye.